Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are in Acts, the fourth chapter. And in the previous episode, we looked at the first four verses. Let me just read these again to remind us of the context, and then we'll press on with the narrative here. Verse one says this, as they were speaking to the people, remember this is Peter and John, they were speaking to the people when the people wondered what happened here when the lame man was healed. As they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them. So remember, the religious rulers come with an enforcing arm right here, the captain of the guard, right? Verse 2, And they were extremely, greatly disturbed <coughs> because they, Peter and John, were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now, I'll remind you again, why were they greatly disturbed? Because they were teaching the people, first of all, and they were proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. The Sadducees did not believe in a resurrection from the dead. And Peter and John were proclaiming that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And not only that he was, that we could be and there would be a life thereafter with him if we believed. So what do these religionists do? Verse 3. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day. For it was already evening. It's just so matter of matter of fact here, you know, particularly from how we view things in our culture and our uh, uh, jurisprudence system. You know, we sit there. They just grabbed them. They just threw them in jail. I'll put them in there. We'll talk to them tomorrow. That kind of thing. Well, verse four tells us what happened out of this. But many of those who had heard the message believed. And the number of men came to be about 5,000, which I think may be sort of a cumulative adding, like 3,000 that had happened in Acts 2. Now there's more who believe. There's now like 5,000 men that believe. But the important thing is this, that those, many of those, not all, but many of those who heard the message believed. What was the message? The death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you repent and if you believe, your sins will be washed away and times of presence from God will come into your life. That's what he just said in Acts 3. Okay? So, verse 5, we press on. On the next day, the day after they're arrested, so it's the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem. That's sort of interesting. Let me just stop in the middle of the sentence here. It says, their rulers. So it's talking about the people, okay? And many of the people had believed, and it comes back now. Now, their rulers, and so it's the rulers and the elders and the scribes, it's the religious rulers, and I, sometimes I pick up this little nuance, and I don't want to read too much into the Scripture, and I don't want to blame God for something that He's not saying. <laughs> you never want to do that. But, uh, you know, God doesn't say my rulers. He doesn't say that my leaders of my people anything like that. He says, their rulers, their elders, their scribes. Okay? So there's a little distinction here. Okay? I don't want to, again, say too much about it, read too much into it, but I'm aware of it. So the next day, these rulers, these elders and scribes, they gather together in Jerusalem. So they get together. They have a meetup. Verse 6, the sentence continues. And Annas, the high priest, was there. And Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent, not only the rulers, not only the elders, not only the scribe, not only the priest, okay, but the ones, all of the ones who were of high priestly descent, the line of the high priest, okay, all of them gathered together. Verse 7, when they had placed them in a center, in the center, 
they began to inquire. Well, when they placed who? When they, they brought Peter and John out of jail and they placed them in the center of all these people. So apparently they did this thing like in a round kind of thing. They have all the high priest, the high priestly descent. You got the high priest that currently then Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all these people and the rulers and the elders and the scribes and the other priests. And they're all there and they're all in a big circle and they put them in the middle of the circle. Well, what's that all about? Well, obviously, it's an intimidation factor, okay? It's an intimidation strategy. So they begin to inquire of them. And here's the first question they ask. By what power or in what name have you done this? Well, have you done what? That's the reason I reread the first four verses, right? Because you have to tie back to the third chapter, okay? Had done what? Had healed this man. And they acknowledge some things in the question. They acknowledge that it had been done. Something had been done because this guy was lame, right? And something had been done to where he was leaping and walking and giving praise to God. So something had been done. They had narrowed it down. Remember, they had met together. They narrowed it down. By what power had you done this? They were, they were acknowledging in the, in the question. There was a power that did this. Or, so it's an and or kind of thing. By what power or in what name have you done this? In whose name? By what name have you done this? So let me warn you from the get-go right here, okay? Folks, this is happening right now to the body of Christ today, and it has been throughout the last 2,000 years. And it's going to increase in our culture and our society. The way we will be called on the carpet and be demanded by what power, what name have you done this? Remember what Jesus said, because this right here is a major, major example of what Jesus had told them would happen. He said, you're going to get hauled before the kings and the queens and the religious powers that be. And he said, don't worry about it, because when you do, don't worry about what you're going to say, because when you open your mouth, you will be speaking the Holy Spirit. You will be speaking. So he's telling not to be anxious for this kind of thing, but be well, be aware and be prepared to allow the Spirit to speak in and through you. Okay? To do this. Because we see it right now. So they ask this question. Watch this. Verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Or, and or, <laughs> Uh, the Greek allows for this translation. Then Peter, having just been filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. I think that helps us get some insight and to start developing a proper theology and a proper understanding of what's being said when you see this filled with the Spirit thing, when you see this having the Holy Spirit empowered by the Holy Spirit. So let me hasten to tell you a couple of things. My time's running out. If you're truly saved, you have the Holy Spirit. You cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who convicts and who draws us, okay? And we respond to God, and we are saved. And he told us when you do that, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. So you have that if you're truly saved. There is, I think, according to the Scripture, additional times of empowerment of the Scripture, of, of the Holy Spirit. Because you see in the end of John where Jesus breathed upon some of the disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. And then he tells them later to tarry in Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. Some of them already had the Holy Spirit. 
But now they are receiving an empowerment from on high. And then this feeling right here, then Peter, who received all that, now in Acts 4, 8, having just been filled with the Holy Spirit, he is now being filled with the Holy Spirit again. And it's not so much because you're leaking, <laughs> okay, that you're losing the Holy Spirit. No, no. The Holy Spirit comes upon you for such a time as this to give you the word for this moment to give you the power for this moment that needs to be manifest, whatever it may be. Peter, having been filled at that moment with the Holy Spirit, said to them, and I'm going to have to stop right here. I'm going to stop in the middle of the sentence, stop in the middle of the verse, because Peter is about to start speaking again. But do you see what's going on? He's doing, John's doing exactly what Jesus had told him what happened. And folks, this is the pattern for our life. Day in, day out, being ready in season, out of season, whatever God wants. And at the moment, we're hauled out of the jail and we're hauled there in an accusatory type of thing and have this demanding question asked of us to give a defense. Then the Holy Spirit fills us and we open our mouths. <laughs> it's great stuff, folks. This is the true life of the kingdom. We'll continue in the next episode. Again, I'm Dale and I'll see you all then. Goodbye.